Jesus. Amen. Maayong aga sa inyong atanan, mga kabiyanan kag mga kauturan. Nalipay ako sa pagkarikaroon, kaya nagkapasalamat ako sa inyong pag-ubay sa amon nga pamilya, sining mga damo ng mga tinuig. Oh. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Greetings, brothers and sisters of Highland. I'm a little nervous. I am a bit daunted to be standing in the place of such awesome preachers like Chris. <clears throat> but I believe the power comes from the Word of God, not from the man delivering it. So I can guarantee you're going to have a great message this morning. I would like to begin with some words of personal thanks. Y'all have been so good to us, far beyond what we deserve. You have been faithful in supporting us for 14 years. Not many missionaries can say that they have been supported by the same church for those many years. When we are at our low points of our work, when we feel like quitting, it keeps us going to know that there is a place like this full of people that don't just see us as a missionary they support, but as their friend, their brother, one of them who has gone from among them to work in another place, we know that you got our back, and that keeps us going. It's a great thing to have. It's so good to come home to a church and see people that are like family to us and to meet new friends, to say goodbye to some old ones. As, as I look back of the people that have inspired us, among them Joe Cannon and, and many others, too many to mention, it, it, it really tells me that, okay, Joe is gone and there are no more like him, but, well, Nathan needs to get busy and do his work too. I would like to bring before you, if you can bring up the picture, two people that are also really great in serving the kingdom of God. My mom and dad, Alvin and Fair Luther, they're not very good at tooting their own horn, so their son has to toot it for them. They have served over 50 years in the Philippines, and that is rare in the Brotherhood. That, that, that's rare anywhere for missionaries to last that long and to serve that continuously. They're officially retired, but I can't tell. They're working just as hard, and, and they're, they're going strong. Uh, I, I believe they intend to work until the very last day of their lives, if they can. Highland has honored my father and mother, and I'm deeply grateful for that. They have worked virtually unnoticed most of this 50 years, and Highland has adopted them as their missionaries as well, and has gone to encourage them as they, visitors come to encourage us. And a couple years ago, Highland honored them for their 50 years of service, and I'm so grateful for that, that you have seen what I see, that this is a special couple, and we are privileged to be able to work as partners with them. That's a rare privilege for 
a son and his wife to work with his parents in the mission field. Thank you for making that possible. I believe God led me to come be part of Highland back in 1988. Well, God spoke through John Moreland who said, you're going to be a member here. <laughs> but it was here that I learned so much about ministry, from children ministry, campus ministry, international ministry, parents' night out to those with special children, to, to world missions, to M1000, the many programs that Highland has here, I believe was God's plan to prepare me and train me so that we can take what we have here and share it with the rest of the world. That this special blessing that we have at Highland, the teachers that we have had, the, the, the many examples, the quiet servants, and, 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 and just the colorful characters too. This is a great blessing to have all under one roof. And why keep it to ourselves? Share it with the rest of the world. And so from here, not only was I blessed with a wife, but I was also given so much to see how great, how wonderful it can be when Christians try to do something really great in a great way. Enough about me. I have a message from the Word of God. If you bring up the passage here, these are words that Paul spoke on Mars Hill. He was speaking to a culture very, very foreign to the Jewish culture and background that he had. Paul came from a Jewish background, the people prepared by God, the people on whom God had been working on their hearts and minds for, for centuries. And now he's standing in front of the smartest people in the world. And he's telling them, you may think you have the greatest culture in the world. You may think you've got it all figured out. But there is something you need to know. There is a God you need to recognize. The unknown God is the God that you need to know. He speaks these words to them. And as you see, he is telling them there is no culture that is outside of my reach. There is no people that are exempt from knowing, needing to know the gospel. There is an idea among some people that all religions are equally valid. Everything is okay. Believe whatever you want. It's all good. It's all good. Paul is saying, no, it's not. There is one true God. And this one true God considers everybody to be his children. He considers that every people in the world have planted in their hearts the desire, the need to know God, and also within each man anywhere in the world is the ability to see God when he is presented to them. God expects 
people everywhere, anywhere, to seek him out. God expects that they will seek him out and find him and will hold them responsible for finding him because he has not made himself far away. He is near to them. He is understandable. He is reachable. This has some very important implications for us. One is, there is no such thing as a God-forsaken land. There is no land that God has given up on, said, I'm, I'm, I don't want to mess with them. There is no neighborhood in Memphis that God does not claim as his own. There are some neighborhoods in Memphis where the police are nervous to go. We know that. God claims that neighborhood. That belongs to me. They need to come to me. They need me. They need to know me. There is no country. It looks like the world is on fire and all over they're just hating Christians. They're beheading them. God claims those places. Those belong to me. My gospel needs to go there. Whether it's an Arab nation or, or some place, some remote island, or some very, very worldly country in Europe, they're all his. He's not given up on any of them. He's not written them off. There's no such thing as a no-go zone as far as the gospel of God. It also tells us that the Great Commission to bring the gospel to all the world, near and far, is something that is part of being a Christian. To be born again is to be born with a new DNA a DNA that craves to share the good news. When a Christian is sharing his or her faith to their friends, their neighbors, or through places far away, they're just being what comes natural to being a Christian. We're, we're, we're being who we are. This is what we are. And you know, it's, it's so great to be doing what you're meant to do. In our work, sometimes we're discouraged and sometimes we're tired. Ashamed to say that sometimes I feel like quitting. But then I can't imagine doing anything else. I, I, I can't see myself doing a different job. It's who I am. It's what I was born to do. It's, it's, it's in my very, very genetic <laughs> composition at this point. And so this is what it means to be a Christian. It's to be reaching out. Those people are my father's children. Therefore, they're my brothers and sisters. I need to reach them and bring them back into the family of God. It tells us that we have a statement of faith here. When we, in spite of the difficulties and the challenges facing us, continue to reach out to the world, 
we are saying something that we believe. We believe that our God is a mighty God. We believe our God is a God of the whole world. We believe our God is big enough in his love to love all of them. Our God is great enough in his power to reach out to all of them through us. We say we believe that this is our Savior, Jesus Christ, and he died for this world. It's what we believe. It's how strong is our faith and how strong is our God. We cannot falter in his call to reach out to his people. Our church here in Highland has been a blessing to missions for many generations. Long before I got here, and I believe long after my time, this will be a mission-sending church. This will be the kind of church that reaches out to its neighbors, to other neighborhoods, to other parts of the country, to the whole world. We have reached into Africa, South America, Europe, Asia. Where haven't we gone? And mission work is a team effort. I'm not the missionary and you guys are the regular people. We are a mission church. You have your part, I have my part. And now Highland is reaching out even to China. We have a slide. That, that's something you've seen a lot of, haven't you? We aim to change that. Let's change that. We need to go into this place and say, China is some place that we hardly understand. China is a place that seems so far away from where we are in terms of culture, in terms of language. I mean, who could understand what they're saying? I'll tell you, if we're going to go into China, it's a long-term project. This is not going to happen clearly, easily. Here is a culture that is thousands of years long, uh, older than ours, and they know it. And that means something to them. Here is an economy that is stronger than ours, and they know it. And here we have the audacity to say to them, we got something you need to know. And it's very, very important for you to know it. But guess what? We have the gospel. We believe in it. We believe in its power. And we will not falter in spreading it. Let's turn it. Let's change that. Let's put this stamp on the world. This church is blessed, in all honesty. We have many resources. We have much talent. We have opportunities. There's a reason why we have that. God blessed us so we can bless others. Let us continue to be a blessing to the world around us. Thank you so much, Highland.